When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to LoveSportRadio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at LoveSportRadio on Twitter. Hello and welcome to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and it's a delight to be joined in the studio by Chris Cowlin, Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen of Last Word on Spurs. Gents, how are we? Very well, very well. Oh, you're not Ricky, are you? No, I'm okay. I'm missing Spurs. It's been a really, really weird week without Tottenham. Having to focus on a game, previewing a game, we'll obviously touch upon Southampton, but yeah, just um, bizarre to not be looking ahead to a game. Looking back, as you mentioned there, it wasn't the result we wanted against Southampton and it also presumably wasn't the result you were expecting. What went wrong? Was it a question of tactics? Was it a question of personnel? Or was it a question of possibly just a little bit of complacency? Uh, well, I think certainly the, um, the first half, half time, we should have been about 5-0 up. Harry Kane could have had a hat-trick within the first 15 minutes. And in any Premier League game, no matter who you're playing, um, a top side, a bottom side, a middle team, you need to take your chances. And uh, we didn't do that. And second half was completely different. And uh, I know it sounds negative, but as soon as uh, Ward Prowse put that ball down, I thought that's going in because he he scored a fantastic free kick the week before against Man United. But um, very disappointing. Um, Disappointing um, results lately. Burnley, Chelsea... And, of course, Southampton, and uh, we need to turn it around quickly. Um, But the positive spin on this week is the Champions League draw is tomorrow. Um, Four teams in there, including Tottenham, and uh, I can't wait. And I think we're we're going home as well. Another, another, Another plus. So, yeah, a few things to look forward to. 
not all doom and gloom. Pochettino wasn't overly positive about his side in the post-match press conference. That's quite unusual for him. He's normally quite a supportive bloke. Rightly so, though. Well, this is the thing. He used the word complacency. He also used the word arrogance. Mm. Do you think that's fair? I think it was fair. I think you summed up perfectly. Last 20 minutes of that game was an absolute shocker. It was attitude. It was all to do with our behaviour. There was no game management in it at all, Johnny. When, when, when you're under the cosh, no matter who you're playing against, like Chris rightly said, this is the best league in the world. The reason why it's the best league in the world, it's got the most money, it's got the best players, and it's the hardest, the hardest league. Anyone could beat anyone. And as soon as you start getting under the cosh, where's the game management that Jace always talks about? Somebody to go down with a prolonged injury, take the sting out of the game. No one got their foot on the ball or started to... Nothing happened. We just got rolled over. And the complacency was, don't worry, we've, we've, we've created so many chances, we'll be all right, we, we'll get one. And as soon as Ward Price put that ball down, same, exactly the same as you, I, uh, as Chris, sorry, I thought he's going to score. And when he did score... There was no change in tempo. There was no change in urgency. There was no from Spurs whatsoever. It was just like, oh, well, we're going to lose. That, that's when you really want to see the reaction. Really? Yeah, and where was the yeah. leaders, Rick? Yeah. Where was the yeah. leaders, Chris? Where was the leaders on that pitch on, uh, on the weekend? I have to say, at half-time, I was making a coffee at home. I'm dancing, I'm dancing in my kitchen. I'm thinking, this is happy days what, here. Uh, yeah, I love a bit again. of dancing. But Johnny, honestly, I, I was dancing in my kitchen. I'm thinking, we are absolutely battering them. We're, we're going to win. This should be a rout. Well, do you think the players were doing the same thing in the dressing room then? Do you yeah. think Harry Kane was there with his cafetiere going, this is three points in the bag? Is that the issue? John, it's very hard this season. We've seen a, a few games where up to the 70-minute mark, Spurs are cruising. We're leading. We assume we're going to go on to a win. We've seen it against Watford. Wolves and now Southampton. It's just alarming how often this team are, you know, leading the game and the last twenty minutes completely fold. And I think back to Chris's point there, the lack and just the lack of passion after we go behind or the team equalise to then try and respond to look for the winner, it just doesn't seem to be there. And you know, there's questions asked the team, questions asked the Pochettino. We've got a few in questions about it, and there's one here from Timet Nos who says. Is Potts starting to doubt himself and his philosophy because of the inconsistency based on his recent comments? Or is he just saying we don't have the players and the mentality? I do believe in Potch, brilliant manager Coyes. Now, I think we all still believe in the manager, don't get me wrong, but you do question the timing of what I was discussing with Lee before we started the show in terms of when he comes out and says that this team are five to ten years away mentality from winning it hasn't helped has it Rick? I don't think it's helped no I don't know if some of his comments have helped um, obviously his outburst with Mike Dean listen he's a passionate man he wants to win we all want to win you question whether him not being on the touchline does that have an impact on the team to some degree I mean I argued I think outside of Lee that if anything he should have maybe seen this coming in that second half because he's got the perfect view he's got the he's high, view, he? you know yeah. and maybe like I say relaying it to Jesus Perez on the touchline was the problem but it is a worry because you look at where we are at the moment. We've now become embroiled in a real top four battle where a couple of weeks ago we're 10 points clear. And you're looking at a title race, actually. We were saying, listen, Spurs are still in this. Son was being very, very sat, forthright. Johnny, I sat in his very seat with this man to my right, Chris <laughs> Cowling, and I sat here and I said, we're in a title race. And I said, because we've got Harry Kane coming back. We've got Burnley at the weekend. We're two points off the, off the top of the table. We've got Deli Alley coming back. We're getting back into our stadium. I said all of this on air and I still stand by it. But then you go to Burnley and you do the exact same thing two, three weeks later at Southampton. That, that, that's not a coincidence, is it? There's something mentally wrong. And fragility, whatever it is, tiredness. But I think the problem for me started when Poch came out and t- start talking us up. He's, he's created this bubble 
within the Spurs squad and everybody that's around him. We don't know what goes on in that bubble, and that's fair enough. But the minute he, he mentioned teams are underestimating Tottenham Hotspur, he came out and said it in the press, and our next game was Burnley, he must have done their team talk for him. Oh, don't underestimate Tottenham. Oh, we won't then. We'll be at it. And then we lose 2-1. I and take your point. From there. I take your point, Lee, but do you not want your manager to be going, we're a big side, we're an impressive footballing team. <laughs> I had the West Ham lads on yesterday and obviously Pellegrini there has been talking a lot about big team mentality and they were debating whether that's something they want or whether it's a tag they'd rather avoid. For a team like Tottenham Hotspur, who mm. have man for man one of the finest starting 11s in the Premier League, surely you want the focus of the manager, the players, the fans, the tea lady to be listening. And we are a massive club. Take us seriously. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And uh, there's no doubt at all in all those three matches that we've lost away, um, the, the starting 11 is a quality 11. And like I said earlier, that if, if Harry Kane would have taken his chances, we could have won the game very, very comfortably by half time. And you, you, you've got to take your chances. And, uh, and we didn't. And that, and, and that was the key to the game. What was quite interesting, sorry, Johnny, what's quite interesting on that, I mean, you know, I did make that statement before about, you know, talking about the underestimated players. I totally agree with you, but I think that if you've created that bubble, regardless of what says on the outside, you should be saying all them things you just said on the inside so that they're players. I want my manager to come out and say that, but I also don't want, I don't want our players affected by everything else that's going on in the media because... He looks like he's got egg on his face. Just, just, does that make sense? Yeah. Maybe it's counterproductive. What I would say, and what I would say on the positive, is this. Yes, you're talking about nine defeats in, in the league. Uh, is that right, Ricky? Yes, nine defeats. And, yeah. and what is it? How many po- Was it one point? One point from the last available 12. One, shocking mm. form. Shocking form. What I'd also say to you is this. You know, um, 61 points, third in the Premier League, 120 games in this current season as we go. Last season... Um, we had the exact same amount of points, but lost. Uh, uh, had um, only won eighteen games, not twenty, because we've we've we drew more than we obviously we lost. The season that we got our record points total, Tottenham Hotspur fans across the world, our record points total in our history in the Premier League, we had one extra point at this stage of the season. So when everybody talks, oh by the way, hang on a minute. We've got to a cup semi-final. We're third in the Premier League. We've got more points than Arsenal. Still more in points the than Chelsea. League. Putting more points than uh, the Manchester United. And we've got a quarter-final Champions League draw that, oh, by the way, we're in. So put some context and perspective around it. If we'd have lost them uh, one point in 12 uh, out of 12, if they hadn't been consecutive, if they'd have been drip-fed through the season... Still the same amount of points, still the same amount of losses, but and, wouldn't have been a massive impact, would and it? And at the start of the season, not a lot of Tottenham fans expected us to, to be top four anyway. So I actually yeah. think that we're in a very good position. And uh, like you just said, Lee, Champions League tomorrow. And it's funny because even though we've had these defeats, we've had two fantastic performances in the Champions League, both home and away to Dortmund. Incredible performances, and we were just saying outside, weren't we? Uh, you know, if wh- wh- I actually said the exact words to Rick is, why couldn't we defend against mm. Southampton like we did against Dortmund? Because we were we were yeah. magnificent. This is one thing I want to touch on. So at the beginning of the show, we were talking a lot about an absence of passion 
in the Southampton performance. But one thing that you picked up on, Lee, that I think is really interesting is an absence of game management, of perhaps maturity, of not saying, oh, ref, I've got cramp on 75 minutes. That, by the way, was exactly the kind of thing that we were sitting here last week saying that they had done so well against Dortmund. This was a mature performance where they managed the game. They were clever about it. They seemed to have learnt from Juventus and all of that in previous years. So suddenly we're sitting here a week forward and they've not done any of it against Southampton. Why can't they carry that across? Because Pochettino seemed to have been getting it right. Sure, it's interesting. I mean, maybe the players generally, I I don't know if it's... (laughs) Clearly the... (laughs) The passion for them going for that third spot hasn't quite been there and now we're in a battle for fourth and I feel like Spurs we seem to rise to the occasion when we are seen as the underdog when suddenly we're in control of something or we've got the opportunity to go even higher we really seem to struggle to cope with that pressure Is that a leadership thing Rick? Uh, Do you know what I just it is down to leadership I mean, you look at the squad and I know we've discussed it a lot saying Jason's always said Joe but the squad's got so many players that have won trophies in it they have won trophies don't get me wrong there's not many Premier League winners in there though and again, there's not many players that I don't think on that pitch when it's going wrong is not enough wanting to dig each other out and but, not to push us forward. And I think in any squad, and again, this is where Pochettino has to come in, where we discuss, you know, does he want egos? This is where sometimes he might have to in the summer look to adapt that and bring in maybe players that he wouldn't necessarily they consider. Have, they have won trophies, but you're talking about Christian Eriksen, for, for example. He's been at Tottenham six and a half years. So he ain't won anything for six and a half years, is he? You're talking about um, Jan Vertonghen. He's been at Tottenham for what? seven years he ain't won anything for seven years so they have won trophies but you know let's be brutally honest about it you know it's not just sometimes it's not just like riding a bike is it we all can ride a, a bicycle and we don't forget how to ride a bike but actually you do forget how to do certain things and after six years of constantly being told by everybody else outside the bubble that we ain't good enough and we're not going to be able to do this and we're not going to be able to do that and then not winning things surely something has to change mentally, doesn't it, Chris? Can, can I just ask both of you, uh, at the start of the season, no signings, obviously playing away from home again at Wembley. What did you both What did you both expect from Tottenham this season? I'll be honest, I would have been happy with just a top four finish. I've got to be honest. I think if someone's offered me Champions League football, a, a top four finish and a trophy, that's what I really wanted. A trophy, FA Cup. I'll be honest, that is what I wanted. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm being realist, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. If if we'd have won the Carabao Cup and yeah. finished fourth, I would have said, you know what, in a year of transition, that would have been a really yeah. good return. And and we sit here and we're still in a situation where we can we can achieve part of, if not all of that. Mm. As in not the Carabao Cup, but it could be the Champions League. Yeah, important to not get carried away with the negativity. A quick update from the Europa League. Chelsea are 4-0 up away in Kiev. Olivier Giroud, Chelsea fans say he can't score. Well, he's got a hat-trick. Chelsea 4, Dinamo Kiev 0. One problem for Tottenham could be the absence of the manager on the touchline. And coming up, we'll be looking at whether he should be there after all. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. The question remains, what can Spurs do to end this run of bad results? Could the secret be returning home to that new stadium? That's quite a way away, though. If you've got a view, get in touch. 0208 70 20 558. Chris, for your money, coming into this season, what would have qualified as a success for Spurs? 
Well, I think uh, Daniel Levy's obviously said to Pochettino that um, the target is top four. He just wants us to finish top four constantly, and and that's what Pochettino's done since he's arrived. You know, very 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 happy with that as a fan. Um, but for me, I'm quite old school, and you know, I really want to see us lift uh, a cup, um, even if it's domestic cup, FA Cup or League Cup. And I just wish that we took the competitions more seriously and and really went out to win them. Um, Pochettino's fifth season in charge. Um, even though it's been very, very successful in the league, I think for the fans, the fans really want um, a, a cup win. You know, three semi-finals and a final. Yeah, that's, but it's also a man and league. It's not a win, not a win. But I'm just saying, you're, you're saying that you don't. You, hang mm. on, you're saying that you don't take it seriously. It's three semi-finals and a final. Okay, when, when I take say take it seriously, leaving the likes of Christian Eriksen out, Crystal Palace um, away, FA Cup. Um, I was stood by the uh, the bus when they all come out, and uh, when people like Oliver Skip come out, you know, no disrespect to him, mm. but but you realise the intent of uh, trying to win the competition and 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 In not Kudu against Palace, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. <laughs> um, but I, I'm I'm quite old school, and I really want to see Tottenham win trophies. You know, 1991 last FA Cup win, um, 2008 last League Cup win. It's it's a long, long time. And beyond just the fans wanting one, it might that be the secret to helping these players kick on in the league? I mean, they have got a pretty sizable monkey, a sort of chimpanzee on the back in the form of not having won one. The pressure is always going to be on the Spurs players, not just from the fans of the club, but the fans from the other clubs as well, giving it large. Even if it were a League Cup, that would just kind of... Give it not a bit of context. Fans. Not the other fans. They no, don't I, care. I, I really... we, we'll win the Champions League this year, John. And all they say was, oh, yeah, but, you know, you got lucky. It, it won't matter. <laughs> just, you know what, that's, the, that's just rival, isn't it? We're sitting here and we've had a, a two and a half week break and everyone talked in the, in the middle, middle of the season when we were still in the cup saying, but the fixture congestion is going to kill us. And we're sitting here now mm-hmm. and we've got a fixture for a couple of weeks. And, and now they're saying that it's, that's going to kill us Yeah, because <laughs> we've the, got no games. But the reality is that Spurs, I think, have always played better when there's consistent games coming up. Like we've seen with the Burnley, the 10 day break hasn't done us any favours I don't think it did yeah. um, I just it is really frustrating because I'm with Chris I just want to see this side win something and I've always believed once you do get that first trophy you've instilled that winning mentality that you can do it once and you can go on and achieve it more and it is about this group I think getting over the line and say look there's the first one doesn't matter if it's a League Cup what Carabao Cup whatever you want to call it it's just saying that you've done it and there's an opportunity there to go and build on that and it has to happen sooner rather than later. I, I, I don't disagree with either of you guys, to be fair. I, I want to see my club win a trophy as well. Of course I do. I want to see him win loads of trophies. And the way the mentality and the philosophy and the, and the belief that he's trying to steal in the club is that we can go and win the big prizes. Because we're not used to winning, well, any prizes, we, we doubt that. Like there's no, we doubt the fact that um, that we that we don't we can't win any prize, let alone the the, the big prizes. And we've got a question in here uh, from um, uh, from C E uh, Weibel at C underscore Weibel. If Spurs don't win any silverware next season at New Stadium, do you think MP will come to the conclusion that he's taken the squad as far as he can and will be will looking to a move? I mean, well. Maybe the question shouldn't be, will he be looking for a move? Maybe the question should be, do we want him as our manager any longer? Oh, okay, I'm ha- not being ha- funny. Hang on, but, no, well, hang, wow. on hang on, hang on, hang wow. on. Hang on. You can't have it both ways. Spurs fans that sit there and go, we want to win a trophy, we demand to win a trophy. If our manager ain't winning a trophy for us, Leave you know, us, if you go down the road to Chelsea, you have spent no money. Of 18 months. We haven't spent any money. All right, so it's now to down, down with the money. He's done well, a fantastic job. Well, Liverpool, Liverpool have spent over 250 million quid, but they ain't won a trophy. And by the way, the season hasn't finished yet and we could still win a trophy. 
people just need to calm down for a second and just realise <laughs> that that we're building something. If we don't get in the cha- if if we don't get into the top four this season to get a Champions League, that Champions League quarterfinal qualification with Tottenham Hotspur is worth forty two million euros. Right, that is exactly how much money we're going to get based on all of our group. Uh, losses. We lost two in the group, um, and then uh, and then we drew, and then obviously we won the others to qualify through. Forty-two million euros in Europa League. It's about it's about thirty percent of that. You can get a lot more than forty-two as well. In the that's Champions what I'm saying. League. So like again, you go to the quarterfinal, you go to semi-finals. You've got all the sponsorship that comes on. People don't want to hear it because they want to hear a tro- get a trophy. But the reality of the situation: we've got a billion-pound stadium to pay. This is the reality. No, I absolutely take your point, but we've got to focus now on the Pochettino <laughs> comments because, and I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, Lee. No, but no, no, it, it seems to me so looking, rent. <laughs> looking, looking at the club from the outside. If we look at the kind of state that Spurs were in when Pochettino came in, if we look at the players oh, he's, he's brought belief, in, yes. the players he's improved, the squad mm. he's built, the ethos he's got at the club, the togetherness of the team. This is surely a massive case of be careful what you wish for. Another year without a trophy, you can't be letting Pochettino walk. Uh, by the way, I'm not saying that we should be doing that. I'm saying that that's what some fans might be calling for. Equally, when when we buy a player that is utterly rubbish, it's Daniel Levy's fault. But when we buy a player that's amazing, it's Pochettino's purchase. I mean, you can't have it both ways. Like He bought, or did he not, George Nkudu. Uh, uh, but we all think he's rubbish. You know, so he's going Janssen, to have and you but, but you're a Janssen, well. but yeah. oh no, but that weren't Poch because he's not very good. But Poch was absolutely, it was Toby. You know what I mean? It's a collective. Well, with the transfers, I think you could cite any top manager and I can give you terrible transfers. Even when top managers like sign play. Yeah, but take the Ferguson, for example. You can sign a player who goes on to be a top player. You can get it right and it looked like a horrible signing. Diego Forlan to Manchester United was a flop. Everyone was looking at that and going, Fergie, what are you doing? What Fast that, forward. That goalkeeper, that goalkeeper they, they bought that time. Which one? There's plenty. Cleberson, he was terrible. Look at Arsene Wenger. I could list you 53,000 players he signed <laughs> who were absolutely hopeless. Poch isn't going to get everything right. But the job he's doing, yeah, relative to the resources, is incredible. Who, who, who would, who, who's no. better? No, it's not. Who, no, no, you look no at where one, we are at the moment. No one, no, no chance. Not a chance. I love Poch. I just want to say after this, from this section, because right, there'd be people screaming at Twitter or whatever, going, Lee wants Poch out. <laughs> I do not ever want to see Poch leave our football club. But you can't have it both ways. If he's not going to deliver us a trophy next year, the year after, year after, when do you start questioning it, him? It's pretty obvious, though, Lee, that um, the board are giving him target of top yeah. four year in year out agree with and he 100%. is achieving that 100%. so are we being greedy saying we, will, we want the FA Cup and we want the League Cup because he's clearly not interested in those competitions he wants to aim big Premier League and Champions League I think the bonuses for him because I think you know you look at it as a bonus he's on a five year project which comes to an end at the end of this year and that five year project was getting to the new stadium finishing the top four I want Champions League football in that new stadium then we reassess the new project he signed a five year contract extension last year which means that they've obviously sat down in, like as a, as a team behind the scenes and gone right what's our next five years look like but up until us getting Champions League football in this new stadium that's the project that's the legacy I won't sing <laughs> don't worry don't worry <laughs> listeners but, 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 I mean. but why are we all seeming unhappy that, that we're, we're top, four, top four year in a- year out any club I agree with you, agree is, with you 100% any fan base is going to see a, well it's not just that anyone is going to be restless when it's one point in 12 
right? Yeah, football, that's fair Football enough. fans yeah, are fickle. We're in a situation now for sure. Spurs where at the moment, in the last month, still not doing that well. If we look at Lee's point from earlier about this season more broadly mm. in the context of other seasons, it's been a very good one for Spurs. But the next one with Liverpool away, it's a big, big game. Poch <laughs> is going to be yeah. in the stands for that one as well. And coming up, we'll be talking about whether he should really be on the touchline. This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Tottenham Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow and Chris Cowlin, Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen from Last Word on Spurs. Now, one problem for Spurs against Southampton was that the all-important manager who is staying at the club, we've, we've settled that, Mauricio Pochettino, wasn't on the touchline. That was, of course, due to a ban which came about after alleged comments that Poch made to Mike Dean after the Burnley game. Now, we've got a little bit of complication here because the referee's report that Dean wrote has come to light from that game. Uh, And Dean's allegations, gents, is that Pochettino repeatedly and aggressively said, you know what you are to him, which presumably he was implying a very nice gentleman. Yeah, he does know what he is, though, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) A celebrity rap. Yeah. It's a difficult one for me because, um, you know, I've had a passionate rant already in the first kind of, you know, half an hour of show. Um, and I just I just can't get my head around this. I can't get my head around the fact that they've made an example of him. We talked about that before, didn't we? They're going to make an example of him. They have. And we don't know what Mike Dean said to Potticino. To, to, I'm not trying to condone it, but equally... How, how classy, to... though. How classy from our manager not, not to say what he said. Yes, just, think. Yeah, it just yeah. sums him up, doesn't he? He, he, is, he is quality, but I, I just, I don't know. What do you think, me? I, I, do you know what? I, I agree with Chris. You know, we there's nothing to stop him from coming out and saying what triggered him to give that response because Pochettino, for whatever you think of him, in his time in England, it, that's really the first time that he's ever lost it with is a he referee. To say something? Do you think? Who Dean? Would you, no, no. Would Poch be able to get away what, with telling? But hold on, but, he's, but what annoys me the most is that he's come out straight after the game in his post-match press conference, which is literally twenty minutes after the game. He's apologised then. Yeah, and I, I take I, your point. But I just that, find it... that's not enough, is it, Ricky? I mean, if I walk out of here, if I walk out the studio after the show, I'm walking down the street and I punch someone in the face, <laughs> and then before he's hit the ground, I go, "I'm really sorry, mate. I was out of order there." I have still hit him in the face. You have still hit him in the face, but yeah. what is? But he hasn't done. Listen, let's be brutally honest. <laughs> he's not incited violence on anyone. No, there's he been hasn't. an exchange of words, and again, I'll stick by my point that. Whatever Mike Dean has said to him is far worse than what Pochettino did yeah. in retaliation. Let's yeah. just make that very clear. Mike Dean has made a comment that has triggered that reaction, not just from him, but from his assistant manager, Jesus Perez. We'll never know. And the frustrating thing is that you think about it and think he maybe should have appealed it because I don't know what we've got out of this. I think if he honest. had appealed it and they turned it down, then he would have probably been um, touchline banned at the new stadium. And that, and that's right, well, then that would... That's probably why they did That would rather it. put the dampers on yeah, things, wouldn't it? Really, <laughs> yeah. But it, it was about Mike Dean, and uh, he's a celebrity referee, and it's all about him. It wasn't even about Pochettino. No. It was about, it was about him yeah, it, himself. Mike, it's just the way Mike Dean acted afterwards as well. Like Since this has come out, mm. it was all like high and mighty, like, yeah, see, I got poshed to um, apologise to me, and I'm the man. That's what it feels like. You just want, you just want to turn around to him and say... What do you think he said? Like, say, you know what, what you are. I think he said? <laughs> I, I, I think... I think he said something along the lines of you've blown the title or something like that. It's not my fault. That corner that you get, don't have a go at me about that corner. It's not my fault that you've fluffed your lines again or something like that. Uh, You know, because the way they went back, they, you know what I mean? It was, um, 
Yeah, he definitely antagonised him saying because Jesus was saying you can't say that. Yeah. So whatever he said is is not he's not allowed to say as a referee, and that's what I'm saying. Why can't why can't we know that? We never know, will we? The, no. the laughable thing about it all is that despite all that about the ban, we then find out days later that there's five of Spurs' English players that are in the squad. Yeah. And you think, well, what power? <laughs> what power has we really got as a football club when you know we've just shipped five players off there? Ali's barely been fit. Dyer's barely been fit. I know, granted, we haven't obviously got a, a run of games where it's going to really impact us in terms of consecutive loads of games coming up. But the concern is, you know, these players have just got back fit. You truly want them under Tottenham's care than rather the England medical staff dealing mm. with them. And we're in a situation where they could play for England and get injured again. That commission, though, they did say that Potch was waiting at the top of the stairs to cane him even more. Well, this is the thing. And, and, and I the suggestion that, that he was mean, waiting it's... in the tunnel. There's a slight <laughs> undertone of I'll see you afterwards, yeah, yeah. which is not particularly appealing. But yeah. but do you know what? I, I, I like to see passion from Potch. But there's and passion he, and then there's yeah, waiting he, for he, someone he's, after the game. He's been, he's been in charge for five years and we've never seen this type of behaviour from him. He's always That's been Mr. Nice Guy. Mm. It's pressure, yeah, it's exactly. Pressure. And when we lost the game... He obviously didn't like certain things about the match and uh, he wanted to express his uh, opinions yeah. to the referee. I mean, it's, it's a classic behaviour, isn't it? It's like Kevin Keegan all them years ago. I love it, I love it. If we, we, They've still got to go there and get something. Can, you know, that is classic pressure. It's how we react as human beings in tough situations. But it's interesting that you bring up that iconic Keegan rant that I will love it if we beat them. <laughs> Interestingly, when Keegan did that, and we're talking about pressure, his side, of course, didn't go on to win the Premier League. Do you think with Pochettino, if this is a similar kind of pressure, a similar kind of outburst, are we going to see a similar kind of outcome in the form of Tottenham perhaps not managing to squeak in for a top four place? No, I don't agree. No, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I think, uh, I think the, a, a huge positive for us is obviously moving in our new stadium. We've got five Premier League games um, in our new stadium now, and I think we'll win every single one of them. Agreed. Um, Pure, purely for the fact that everyone is so looking forward to going home. Uh, the place is an ap- will, will be an absolute fortress and uh, it's an amazing um, stadium to visit. We, we've, got, we've got seven games in that, in that new stadium this season. Just letting that all sink yeah, in. The semi-final, like, yeah. yeah. The, the, the quarter-final and the semi-final of the Champions Love it, League. Well. Love it. You get what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on, talk to me. We don't get proud about, <laughs> <we don't get laughs> about this show. Ricky really. was thinking, what? I'm having it. I'm having it. I'm having I it. So, you know, misread them, the print. Them, them seven games or them five games that we've got uh, that, are, um, that, are, that are coming. I completely agree with Chris. You know, you and I both um, talk about this. There's no way that atmosphere in that stadium is not going to be absolutely electric. I mean, we've got, and this is no disrespect, I shouldn't name the teams, Huddersfield, but, you know, we've got Huddersfield <laughs> at home that, that, have, that have conceded about four million goals, right, this season. No no, no offence, I'll be serious. They've scored, they've conceded a lot of goals. We, we, we've got a situation that they're coming to our home where we're going to need to absolutely batter them and I just think I just think that we will having said that I thought we'd beat Burnley and I thought we'd beat Southampton so just keep my feet on the ground no, but right? w- w- when you look at the teams Brighton, Huddersfield West Ham, Everton and Palace they're all winnable aren't they? Yeah, they are all winnable. We did say they're winnable. We said that about Burnley. But. <laughs> so, but you will have that boost, and I take the point absolutely that the atmosphere will be electric, the fans will be delighted, and a result of a positive kind is likely. But what happens if Spurs slip up on that opening day? If Spurs lose to Brighton, say, does all of that good feeling dissipate or will it still be that kind of carnival atmosphere? Do you know what, Johnny? Do you know what? Everyone's been asking this question about the stadium saying, is it a risk to move there? Well, do you know what? I think we've got the worst home form in the top six 
at Wembley. That that's just reality. And I, you know, these guys are there every single you know home game. They see it themselves. That people are just have had enough of it. I think the Arsenal game, you know, Grant. I think we're lucky to get away from a draw with that game. I think everyone now is so excited to go back home. I think that atmosphere in there, which Chris has been in that stadium, it's going to retain such a huge amount that the fans, the noise it's going to make, I think that will see us hopefully home. And this stadium, I think, could come at the best possible time to see us hopefully get Champions League and get the new ground. And it really is that we are going home. It's not just we're moving into a That's new it. stadium down the road or, you know, a couple of miles away. We're going home. It's on the it's same site. Uh, there is so yeah. much of White Hart Lane incorporated into that new stadium and uh, the place is just incredible. And I, I actually feel sorry for any opponent Don't feel visit, sorry from Chris. visiting. <laughs> this is this is the biggest signing that the club could have delivered us this season, and I know I know I'm caveating that because we ain't had any players, but it is. I'm je- I'm telling you, this is massive, absolutely massive for the football club and where we're going and what we want to do. Get, moving to that new stadium, it's it's worth 15 points yeah. plus uh, plus a couple of knockout rounds. Can, can I just say <laughs> can I just say as well that the the first test event um, next weekend, um, the under 18s, I think what a fantastic touch from the club. To actually allow 16, 17, 18 year old players to, to play in there you know, for the first game. So, really looking forward to it. Delightful stuff from the club. This is also a stadium, of course, which will be home to quite a number of England internationals. We'll be talking about Spurs contingent in just a moment. Before that, a quick update for you from the Europa League. And talking of England, it's 5 0 for Chelsea away in Kiev. A certain Mr. Callum Hudson Adoy. Never heard. This is Love Sport. You are, of course, listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. And we've got some tweets coming into the show, live from all of you listening. Uh, one has come in from Carl Picknell, says, Can't tune in tonight, but got to ask, as much as I love Winks, Dyer, and Sissoko, do you honestly believe that we can win trophies with these players in our midfield? Gents? Interesting. Well, the only trophy we've got left to win this year is the Champions League. So, um, I suppose in general... Um, look, I think I think Sissoko um, has done fa- a, fan- a fantastic job for us this year, without without a shadow of a doubt, um, because because of the improvement that he's made uh, for the team, but also individually. Sometimes we may get carried away that he's world class. You know, I'm not saying that he's a bad player, but I'm actually saying that just put it into context. You know, he's done fantastically well, but he was fantastically bad um you know 18 months ago so you know the the rise you know put a bit of context around that i think i, I absolutely love harry winks i think he's i think he's exceptional talent uh he's only 22 years old uh and for anybody that's kind of come through our systems one of our own kane gets all the plaudits because he puts the ball in the back of the net and rightly so and he's been around a bit longer but he's come through our system our academy and he is one of our own, and I love that about our football club. I love our belief and our philosophy around that. I generally do. So I hope that he can improve. I, I think we've actually really missed uh, Eric Dyer. I really do. And uh, Suzuko has been a sensation. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Suzuko actually wins Tottenham Player of the Season. Mm. And if we would have all said that at the start of the season, Incredible, I think we would think we'd be mad. Yeah. I mean, I think the only thing with Dyer, just touching on that, again, I think we've missed him as well. And we, we kind of missed that steal against Southampton. I know he played. But again, it's that match sharpness or match um, fitness or whatever. You know, he, he has got that ability to lead and to game manage and to go down or, or, or put a tackle in. Or, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, we've seen it so many times. Battle of the Bridge uh, springs to mind, you know, against Chelsea and whatever. Um, and I do think once he's up to speed, it, that will be another strength in our team. But I think if, if we do sign a few players in the summer and uh, put some pressure on some of these players, then I, I think it will certainly help. 
Yeah. Cool. Sorry, Ricky. No, I was going to say, John, just on the central midfield, I think that's the one area in the summer where we want to see a big signing yeah. come in because we haven't really ultimately replaced Dembele. Sissoko's been incredible. I have to say, I think I agree with Chris that if the season ended tomorrow, um, he'd be up there for player of the season, along with Vertonghen, along with Hummin Son. But yeah, I think the player everyone keeps looking at in the summer is Undumbele. But like Jason would always say on the show, that Spurs will not be the only club that'll be in for that guy. Um, there'll be Man City in for him, Barcelona. They'll, he's a world, world-class midfielder. But that is an area where you feel if this team are going to look to push on, central midfield definitely needs to be improved. Who are the other names who the club could be looking at? I've seen Adrian Rabiot of PSG linked on a potential free. Who are the other options you guys would be looking at? I, th- I think I'm, I'm useless to be talking about transfers, to be fair, because it riles me. <laughs> I, think, I think that Spurt Tottenham and a lot of Tottenham fans and a lot of certainly people that have an opinion on Tottenham in the media think that we should be going to sign an Ndembele or we should be going to sign a Frankie de Jong or whatever. No chance. No chance. You, you've got to come down a level. The, Why? The, the, the those, t- those guys are playing for clubs who are on paper at the moment. It's not about the, 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 it's the, not about the size of the club. It's, it's, they're, they're not Pochettino signings and it's the wage structure that they're command it's you know a man city comes in and signs a uh um uh uh the port the portra you know the um the defender for for them oh, laporte. Uh, laporte, yeah, sorry yeah. laporte yeah mm. for, sorry my, my my bad and and, and they they offer him 200 grand a week or 180 grand a week straight away well toby's been asking that for two years <laughs> two seasons and, and he's and he's a better player yet he's not going to get it at spurs so the whole structure of the club is changing and is getting better but for for us spurs fans to think you know, the Wambasakas, I know they don't play central midfield, but the Wambasaka, that would be a sign-in. A Chilwell, that would be a sign-in. Um, a Sessignon, that would be a sign-in. I'm talking about fullbacks, but you love a fullback change, don't you, Rick? <laughs> you know, th- these, you know, uh, um, you know, a Harry Maguire, for example, in central defence. You know, people that are playing in a really good level, but not at the level that uh, one of the big clubs, as soon as it's the wages. We could afford Gareth Bale to come back to Tottenham Hotspur as a, as a signing, but you couldn't afford his wages, so that's why it's never going to happen. See, the, the issue you got, Lee, you know you mentioned the players there, and you're right. I mean, those are players that you maybe argue that Pochettino, they're the ones he looked to be signing. But the issue you've got then is when you're targeting those kind of calibre of players, are we going to be sitting here in 12, 24 months' time saying the same thing, that the players that we're going to be signing are just not good enough to get us over that line? And that's the difference when you buy proven winners yep. and when you buy players that are nearly there I, I, nearly good enough yeah but you, you, you have to trust in the manager of course you do yes, you have to trust him and yeah, uh, do. I, I, don't, I don't know why a lot of us including myself every every summer every transfer window you think who are we going to sign what big players are we going to mm. sign but we have it's, been we have been about signing now for two consecutive windows so yeah, I think we're well within our rights to but big signings yeah, aren't going to happen, happen I mean we spent a lot of, this is my case in point about big signings we spent 42 million on Davison Sanchez totally well spent money in my opinion I think yeah. he's absolutely brilliant I love the fella how much money is he on a week 60 grand that's the point because he come through us he's, he's 21 we paid a big transfer fee for him we could buy Gareth Bauer for 80 million 90 million again but we can't pay for him 50 grand a week it's not it's not possible so therefore you have to go down that, that to that next level and find do better talent do you agree talent. with that sorry do you, do you agree with that I, I own a company called Raw Talent which is about developing talent I 100% agree that we need to be nurturing our own talent mm. and making it better. That, that for me, is exactly the philosophy. The Harry Winks, the Skips, the KWPs, sprinkled with the Kane Stardust. and the, I, I absolutely love that. Be- because surely if he's developing players like that and he's finishing top four season after season, 
the board are very happy. So, so what, why do we seem very unhappy about what's, <laughs> what's going on? Because we haven't spent. This is the thing. I don't think we get enough credit in in a sense of from the from uh, other people. It's it's almost let's make fun at Tottenham because they didn't sign anybody. But let's not make fun of Man United who spent five hundred fifty million exactly. and finished sixth. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah. I'm with you. I, you I, you agree I, with a me? lot. A lot of these teams spend a lot of money, and um, you know, a lot of the players don't actually do anything. So, do, do you agree with me though? This this is the right philosophy. You like this philosophy? Absolutely. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, but if if we won an FA Cup or a League Cup, I'd 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 love it. There's a crucial point to be made here, though, about the transfer philosophy of the club, which is that I don't agree that it's about going down a level in terms of quality. I think it's a, a question of going down a level in terms of reputation. So if you look at someone like Hyun Min Son, he wasn't at the yeah. time where Spurs signed him rated as a really world-class talent. Right. Yeah. That doesn't actually mean that he wasn't one. I mean, That's if you right. look back at Leverkusen, where Son came from, Leon Bailey there is doing very good things. He's not rated as a world-class talent. If you signed him, he'd probably come in and do that. Similarly, Ali turned up and was wonderful. It's not that you've got to sign players who are less good. It's just that you've got to get a little bit cleverer and not sign the ones who are, yeah, as you say, the Indombales on the radars of the Barcelona. Better articulated, Johnny, but that's, that, that is what I'm saying. That is the point I mean. You know, you look at a, a Chilwell who plays left-back for Leicester City, he is not going to demand the same amount of wages as... Uh, I don't know, name me a world-class left back. I can't, I can't think. But you know, that, that's the reality, isn't it? Do you see what I mean? But so, the issue you're so going to have, I think, is that we won't be the only club in for Chilwell. We won't be the only club in for Wan Bissaka. City will be in for Chilwell. City will be in for them, and that's where Spurs as a club they will get, unfortunately, blown out the water. Well, unless a player wants to have regular first team well, football, is the and then point. this is where we come back in the picture. But, yeah, because but, sorry, Chris, but that is where Pochettino deserves huge, huge credit because yeah. you're right. When Son signed for us, um, you know, not everybody saw it, this fantastic player, but he develops players. He spends so much time mm. with them, develops them. Look, proper, look, look what he's done coach. with Sissoko. Yeah, mm. exactly. He's, he's, he's incredible. Pro, he's a proper coach. This is what we should be proud of. We should be, and we are going to make mistakes, and we have got a young side in certain areas, and we, sh- and we should be proud of that. We shouldn't be absolutely rinsing the board or rinsing, you know, Pochettino or whatever because we ain't spent 80 million on some, some uh, guy with a foreign name that may or may not be any good. Mm. Like, you know, he, they will improve us, I get that. But, but generally, realistically, Chris, direct to you, are we going to sign three or four world-class £80 million players in the no, summer? No. It's just not going to happen. No, of course it's not. That doesn't mean you can't bring the quality in, though. Just quickly, Agreed. I know it's the Spurs fan show, but we've got to glance across just quickly to the other half of North London. Of course, Arsenal trying to overturn a really poor result away in Wren tonight. Lacazette is available. He's had his ban reduced, so he can play in this second leg. And Unai Emery, in terms of his team selection, has gone all out. It's check in net. Net, sorry, he's gone for a back five, a back three with wingbacks. Maitland Niles, Mustafi, Koscielny, Monreal on the left of a three, and Kalasinak bombing up that left wing. Xhaka and Ramsey, then all three of the attacking stars play Ertzil, Lacazette, and Abamyang. He's not messing around, but coming up, none of this Arsenal rubbish. We'll focus on new White Hart Lane. This is Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Another quick Europa League update from you. It's full-time Chelsea in Kiev. They've done them 5-0. Pretty comprehensive. Poor, poor Kiev. But we've got a call into the show from Mark, who's in Tottenham, who wants to talk about the new stadium. Mark, how excited are you to move into New White Hart Lane? I really can't wait. Um, I've been phoning up and phoning up 
trying to get a ticket for this uh, Legends game, but they just keep saying, yeah, uh, just phone back later when we've made an adjustment to see how many tickets we've got left. It's just going to be absolutely amazing. It will be good, Mark, won't it? It will be good. With with that Legends yeah. game, Mark, that's uh, that's taking place. That's one of the earliest games in the new ground, isn't it? Of the names yes. who are featuring already announced, there will be more, but we're hearing Van der Vaart, Berbatov, Genus, Howells. Who are you most excited to see play? The one person I would like to see play, and even if you come on for 10 minutes, and that's Glenn Oddle. Oh, for, for, everything word, that he's gone, for everything that he's gone through in the last few months, he will, he will rock the place. I think it might, it might be a managerial appearance. For it, it might, he might struggle on the pitch, Mark. They're talking about Gary Mabbott to be manager, but I think that's a, that's a great shout for Hoddle to manage that time because he might yeah. struggle on the pitch, mightn't he? And yeah. beyond just being, and this is for all of you, not just for Mark, beyond just being a wonderful chance for Spurs fans to see the Robbie Keens, the Berbatovs, some of the legends, has this actually got a significant role to play in the Premier League running in the sense of improving the atmosphere at the club getting everyone really really excited and looking ahead as well to next season yeah well I think it's uh, back back in December the club actually ran a familiarisation event 6,000 fans went in the south stand um, a lot of emotional people there when they walked in the stadium Chris was crying which was great I was <laughs> crying yeah <laughs> um, but of course um, you know the under 18 game the first test event and then this uh, this Legends game is a second test event um, a crowd of about 45,000 it will be incredible and it will, it will get everybody used to being back home um, seeing how certain things work um, and I think if you want a ticket Mark um, the club actually emailed um, all the members earlier saying that they can purchase one from Monday I think it's one o'clock oh brilliant um, also um, I think we found out why the stadium has been delayed by so much there we go because a certain person it's got a panel. Is it, is it, is it Mike Dean? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening there, Chris? You're laughing there, mate. What's going on? Mm, yeah. <laughs> so when he says a panel, what do you mean, Mark? Uh, um, there, was a, there, there was a big thing that, that they were looking for one panel uh, for months and months and months. And on, last, on Chris's last um, uh, video... He had a panel. So hang on, Mark. So, are you are you alleging live on air <laughs> that Chris Cowlin of the Spurs fan show on Love Sport Radio and Last Word on Spurs has been nicking bits of the Spurs new stadium? No, no, no. Knowing Chris, he's gone and asked someone. He's probably found it on a skip somewhere. It's all above board. It's all above board. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> you, he knows I'm only messing about. Mark, do you, do you know, I was actually given this panel. Someone actually tapped me on the shoulder and said, I, I know you talk about panels too much. Um, so here is one. They, they, yeah, they actually gave me one. They actually Brilliant. gave me one. Uh, but the funniest thing is, is that um, they actually gave me that panel um, before the last one went in. And I thought, if I put that out on social media, yeah, Mark, yeah. imagine, imagine you've got the last panel. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, have you seen any ghosts recently, mate? Um, I could tell you, I could tell you a little story about something that happened when Bill Nicholson's bust used to be in reception. Okay. okay, go for it. There, uh, he shouldn't I've be getting his one bust one... out in reception, should he, Mark? <laughs> no, no. There, there was a, a, a brass uh, head of Bill there on a plinth and everything. And um, this uh, box holder, every game used to walk in, tap him on the head, good luck, blah, blah, blah. And then we thought, oh, let's get our own back on him. 
So we put a, mo- a radio inside his head. <laughs> <laughs> so when he walked in, right, he's done his usual, walked up to it, tapped him on the head, good luck, and he's gone, don't do that anymore, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he looked round, and he sort of looked at it and went, like, where did that come from? And he said, yeah, it was me. I'm fed up if you keep tapping me on the head. <laughs> I better have freaked him out. <laughs> A talking and, statue. And the funniest thing is, ever since that day, he used to walk in and give it a very, very wide berth. <laughs> a very uh, wide berth indeed. Him off. Well, Mark, thank you for giving us a narrow berth and calling in. Just before you leave us, we've, of course, got a Champions League draw coming up, which Spurs are in. And I've got to ask you, mate, if you were given the choice, who would you like to draw? I, I, at the end of the day, it's, it's over two legs. And we, when we're in the right frame of mind... We can beat anybody. Who do you want, Mark? I'm putting you on the spot. I know you can beat anyone. You pick a team, mate. I, I, I really don't know. It, it's, it's, it's that catch-22. As long as it ain't an English club, because I think we might struggle. But I don't know. I okay, really don't so know. of the non-English clubs, pick one of Barcelona, Juventus, Porto and Ajax. It's got to be Porto, hasn't it, Mark? Yeah, I think, I think it could be Porto, yeah. But what I'm saying is, like I say, we can beat anybody on our day and we need to step up and it's that catch-22 of the new motto that I've, I remember when I was a kid. Oh, well, there's always next year. There's always next year. But we need to do something now. Next step year up. is this year. Exactly. We need to do something. Well, Mark, thank you very much for your call. Keep but, looking after the statues. Cheers, if, if they cheers, keep Mark. talking, just keep your wits about you. Uh, gents, obviously everyone very excited about the new stadium, not least Mark there calling in from Tottenham. For you, we've seen a lot about self-filling pint glasses, which I still don't quite understand, and cheese boards and all the bells and whistles. Is it about any of that, or is it just about walking out, seeing that pitch, and it having White Hart Lane in the name and being on that same site? It's an, it's an incredible feeling. As I said, I went to the familiarisation event and there were old uh, guys there. They were in tears. Everyone got emotional. Um, it has that feeling of White Hart Lane. It, it, it's funny because, as I said earlier, about it's not just about going into a new stadium. It is going back home. You know, people are going to walk down the high road as, as people have done over you know, many, many years. And um, it will be an incredible feeling to go in. But Tottenham have been very clever. They want they want people visiting the stadium um, all year round, every day. They've got lots of uh, extreme sports going on. Um, they're creating a, a fantastic museum there. Uh, can't wait to go on the Skywalk. That would be, that'd be some uh, some you know great great thing there. It looks incredible. I mean, I, I just can't wait to get in there for the first time. Honestly, it's going to be special. And just seeing, like I say, the, the way it looks now, I mean, I do believe what Chris tells me. It looks like an extension of White Hart Lane. That's the difference. We're not, we're just built on the same patch. That's the thing. We're not, we aren't really moving home as such. We're already going to be in the same location as we was before. Um, but there's going to be more Spurs fans in there. And I think, you know, with the way we are in the league at the moment situated, having those home games, those five home games, which are going to be so precious to us, I think are crucial. And like I say, I think the way the club are structured for Champions League, it, it has to happen this season. It has to. 
It's an exciting one and there will of course be lots of England internationals featuring. We've got lots to talk about coming up on the Spurs fan show because despite just coming back from injury, the likes of Deli Ali have been called up for England duty. Other players who Spurs fans haven't necessarily been all that keen on have also got called up despite less than impressive domestic form. Kieran Trippier, I'm looking at you, although I will always love you for that free kick against Croatia. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. Lee McQueen is currently dancing and it's lucky there aren't cameras in the studio because it is, after all, a family show. Lots of us, lots for us, sorry, to look forward to. Not least a Champions League draw featuring Tottenham and Ajax. Now, Ajax are a club who've given quite a lot to Tottenham over the years in terms of personnel, not not in the very least. So Ericsson, very important there. And Toby Alderweireld is another one, both crucial parts of Pochettino's side. And both of them could potentially be heading off in the summer. Gents, do you think that's likely? Rick, you love a transfer, mate. I think, to be honest, I think on Adavirold, I think that's the more likely one of the two. And it's hard because he's such a great player. He's such a great player. And I think the question might be on some Spurs fans' lips is, have we got enough in the current squad to be able to deal without Toby next season? I think Sanchez is going to be a wonderful defender. I think we've bought a player there with the potential to go on and be a really top-class guy. But the issue you're going to have next season is that, have we got enough to be able to really kick on if we do lose out of here and not replace him. Well, everyone expected Toby certainly to leave yep. in the summer. Um, Danny Rose, you know, the media always put course, in ev- yep. every every good Tottenham player's name saying they're leaving. Um, but that turned out to be, um, you know, hugely positive that they stayed. Uh, but again, I'm sorry to keep going back to the stadium, but when any Tottenham player enters our stadium, they're going to want to stay. No one's going to want to go anywhere. Even if someone says, listen, I'll double your money, I'll give you Champions League football still somewhere else, and perhaps, if we're being honest, more of a chance of silverware. Yeah, but it depends, um, again, on Champions League. If 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 you're talking, you know, that Tottenham have just won the Champions League, why would any player want to go anywhere? Because, uh, basically, we won't do that again for the next 50 years. That would be, that'd be <laughs> everyone's argument, wouldn't it? Oh, well, we've done it now, so but, you may but, as well but, clear the squad out. But the thing is, as well, Lee, that um, when when the fans enter the stadium, um, it will be exactly the same. Any mm. potential signing or any player that sees that stadium or, 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 or plays there, they are going to want to sign for Spurs. And I'm with you. I, I, mean, I just wrote down, you know, we, we talk about Danny Rose in the 16-17 season, do we? The 15-16 yeah. season, we talk about yeah. Danny Rose. We always talk about it. We say, oh, if we had that Danny Rose back, it'd be absolutely amazing. And actually, he's hit some really good form over recent times. And then he does what he did on Saturday against, like, step over. Now, let me tell you something, right? Trippier got absolutely battered about, you know, two, three months ago mm-hmm. when he tried to just step over. And I haven't heard huge amounts bad about Danny Rose after it was an absolute ridiculous mistake anyway the point I'm making is that if we look back at Toby 
and how good he was in the 16-17 season. We had the best defensive record in the Premier League against any other club. It's the, it's the year that we finished second against Chelsea, seven points behind them. He was outstanding. He's had a couple of injuries since then. And obviously, he's had this contract talk stuff as well. And and actually, I, I agree that Toby Alderweireld is awesome. However, is he as good as what he was? And actually, he's now hit 30. I think he was 30 last week or a couple of weeks ago. No, I... same day as Poch. I, I, again, I'm just I'm just making a scenario. They they you know there's a 25 million pounds there. You can't spend 25 million pounds on replacing him directly. But for his wage demands, can you get somebody else in? The, I mean, I don't know. The thing is, if Levy is saying to Poch, finish top four, you need players like Toby Alderweireld in our team. Yeah, no, I, don't, no, I, no, I can't no argue that. I can't yeah. argue that because yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I, I'm just trying to put a different spin on it. I think that if Toby Alderweireld does go, then, um, you know, something's going to have to give. If walking into that new stadium is going to make him stay, is he going to, like like Johnny said, is he going to sign a contract for 120 grand a week, 130 grand a week? Cause, or is he going to hold out for his 180? It's his last big payday, isn't it? Let's be honest. He's 30 years old. He signs a four-year contract in a new club. He gets 200 grand a week, 180 grand a week because they've got him so cheap, it doesn't look likely that he's going to stay. Having said that, all of the pictures, all of the, the way he acts when he sc- when we score and we win, it doesn't look like somebody that wants to leave. Exactly. He's, his passion has always remained. And Such a he, tough he, one. Even when he wasn't in the team, he'd always tweet saying good luck you know, to the lads and... Um, I, I I love Toby Alderweireld. I think he's one of a one of the best defenders we've had. Actually, I, I, I agree. I agree with you. One of the best. I agree with you. Yeah, I think yeah. The, he's the, the partnership he's has been incredible. Yeah. I don't think we should ever take that for granted. You know, we're living in a time at Spurs where, definitely in my lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen a better centre back partnership than Vertonghen and and Alderweireld. And I can only hope that Sanchez. I think Spurs may have seen this coming, the potential of Alderweireld leaving, which is hence the reason why they went and spent. 42 million on a centre-back in Davinson Sanchez because there's a young guy there through the IX Academy. They knew how good he was going to be. And I'd say he's, at the moment, potential. He's got it all there. But the only way he's going to learn when people pick up on the mistakes is that he's only going to learn through games. Maybe maybe he's waiting for to see if we get in the top four. Like We're talking about from our fans, we need to get top four. Yeah. Maybe Toby is waiting to see if we but, get in the Champions but, League. Maybe but, Ericsson's waiting. But, but Toby is one of those leaders that you, you really do need in your team. And if he's available, then he's always going to be in that starting eleven. But the issue for Tottenham, of course, is that the decision surrounding Toby Alderweireld might be out of their hands because in taking that yeah, decision yeah, yeah, to yeah. extend the contract to yeah. 2020, there is then that clause with a £26 million release for the summer. That's active for just a fortnight of the That's window. Correct, yeah. But United have been sniffing for a while. You know, the terms in which you're all speaking about Toby Alderweireld are firstly absolutely correct. And secondly, all very good reasons why a Manchester United, why a Real Madrid would look at him and go 26 million quid. Yes, please. Exactly. I think what stag- I was astounded by actually is that the club publicly come out and said no one was in for him last year. No one actually come in for him. There was media reports, that's one thing, but no one actually come in for him last year in the summer. And that's why they were happy to, um, uh, you know, uh, get the, the one-year extension and have a, let people sniff around for 26 million. But for 26 million, the guy is still in his prime. Central defenders still go until they're 35, 36 years old. He is a massive player. And, and in the context of Tottenham Hotspur as well, and even probably an even bigger one. 
But if you get rid of players like that, and a lot of people have been talking about Ericsson on mm. uh, mm-hmm. on social media, yep. including you, Ricky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, it's an on the Ericsson thing for me. He's not been on the greatest of form, but the problem Spurs are going to have is to try and go and replace someone exactly. in Ericsson's ilk is going to be yep. near and impossible when you look at what Spurs spend, wages and transfer fee. So, listen, I want to see Ericsson at this club for a long, long time. But if his head has been turned, which I hate to say it, when you look at his form over the last two or three months, it is alarming because he seems to have gone completely off the boil. When we talk about players that we talk about commitment, you know, Aldevero, who looks like he is going in the summer, he plays and gives his absolute everything in every single game, whereas Ericsson doesn't seem to be there at the moment. But there's another angle to Ericsson's game, isn't there, which is something that you tweeted at the weekend, actually, Ricky, where he brings others up a level, even if he's not at his best. That trio of Ericsson, Ali and Kane, as you pointed out, is something which actually only functions at the highest level when Ericsson's in there. Even if Ericsson isn't at his best, he's still this two-footed, playmaking, very, very clever footballer who will bring the best out of others. He makes us tick. He makes us tick. He He really does. does. He's he's at the heart of everything and uh, it would really, really upset me if we got rid of uh, Christian Eriksen, then we're never going to replace him, are we? Uh, It would upset me as well. But what I would say, but what I would say is coming back to, I don't know, maybe what, an hour ago when we're talking about are we ever going to win anything and all that sort of stuff. We keep proving under this team or under these players, under the personnel, that we're not winning anything. So I'm not saying it has to be Ericsson, by the way, but but at some stage, at some stage, we're going to have to break up this core team to, to rebuild it. Whether or not it's under Poch, whether or not it needs 500 million, I don't know. I've got a point to make on this transfer saga where we're saying it was, Chris, your point that any player will look at this new stadium and go, I want to play at Tottenham Hotspur. I take your point that this stadium is incredible. The atmosphere will be incredible. It's state of the art. It looks beautiful. But might you be overstating the draw that it is for players a little bit too much? I'm not saying it's not wonderful, but if I'm Toby Alderweireld and I'm given the choice between New White Hart Lane and 120 grand a week, say, and Old Trafford, the theatre of dreams, a bigger capacity and another 60 grand a week, do you think still the stadium is enough of a draw to keep him there? No, I think uh, he's playing under a fantastic manager and... Uh, they they must have a very good working relationship. You know, he's br- brought him back into the team and he really trusts him. And um, it, I suppose it depends on the intent of, of what Tottenham yeah. are going to be about next if season. He, if he and, believes... And, 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 and what, you know, are we going to spend the money in the summer? If if he believes, if Toby Alderweireld still believes that we he can do what he wants in his career at Tottenham, he'll stay. It, it, you know, he, he might with the with the draw of the stadium and the less wages, or whatever. He still might say, but if he's starting to question, like most of our fan base, a lot of our fan base, if you if you're on Twitter, um, will start will start questioning. We start to questioning the belief and the trophies and whatever. All it takes is him to come out and go, "I want to win a trophy." Like like any Spurs player comes out and says that, and you know their head's gone. Because because you know they're not bought. If he comes out and talks about, I believe in staying here, the project, the philosophy, the whole, the philosophy right. all that, then you know that his head ain't gone. You and, know? And, and everyone's always talking about our players leaving. Harry Kane going to Real Madrid, Deli Alli going here, Christian Eriksen going here. They're all leaving. Well, they're all, they've all stayed. So that, surely that must say something. It must. It might be the stadium. It might be the Champions League run. It might be Pochettino. Certainly a Champions League win would convince even the most want away of talent to stay at New White Hart Lane. Don't go anywhere because there's a lot more to touch on on the Spurs fan show. 
This is Love Sport. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, Chris Cowlin, Lee McQueen and Ricky Sachs from the Last Word on Spurs podcast. Now, one thing that gets said about Pochettino a lot is that because of his intense coaching methods, his sides sometimes drop off towards the end of the season. This is a consistent problem. We've got a caller on the line who wants to touch on what the latter stages of seasons do to Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, And you might have heard of him. He's Anthony Costa and he's in a band called Blue. Good evening, Anthony. Thanks very much for your call. Uh, What's your take on the current predicament at Spurs? Um, I just think it's sort of time, as you just said, when you when you um, it's always this time of year where heads drop and points get dropped, and we lose to we lose to silly teams. Really, um, my main my main gripe at the moment is the fact that Poch keeps changing the team. Yeah, um, it's a massive point. The right backs point. every day. He's, he's he's changing. You know, he's, one day it's Aurier, so Aurier thinking he's going to be have a consistent run. Then it's Trippier, and then the other day it was Kyle Walker Peters. But I just my point is the fact that why is it this sort of time of the year, March, sort of April, business end of the season, we just drop off and we start losing the silly, silly teams. And we're having a really good run in the Champions League. But for me, as I said before, Rick, I want to win trophies, mate. I want to, win, I want to be up there. You know, the FA Cup run was an absolute disgrace. And it's just... I, Champions League's all well and good, but we're, never, but we're never going to win it. We're never going to win it. Let's Let's call it straight. You know what I mean? You know we're probably going to get drawn against Juventus because UEFA, <laughs> UEFA really love us, so they want to rematch with Juventus. Man City probably get Ajax and have an easy run to the final. So it's just it's just annoying. I feel your pain. Out. Listen, you know I'm glad you're on the show before we love having you on. And do you know what? I agree with you. The, the team selection, that's been the hardest thing to take the last couple of weeks, the continuous changing of it, because I think Spurs, I think we've played when we've had a rhythm about a team, when it, it's been a settled 11. And the problem yeah. we've got this season is we don't know our best team because we haven't really had the opportunity where everybody's been fit. You know, we've had mm. Kane been injured, Ali, Son's been away at the Asian Cup twice this yeah, season. Yeah, so yeah. that's been a concern. Yeah. But I do agree with you that I think towards the end of the season now, he has to try and settle on an I mean, 11. Yeah, exactly. And, and the fact of, you know, resting Toby the other day. Why rest Toby? Yeah, what was all that about? It, 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 we're coming at the end of the season now, man. We've got three weeks off. Three weeks off. We could now. have rested him. Uh, he didn't need to rest Resting him, him now. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have to play for Belgium for the international. I don't know. Anthony, it makes a, it's, it's Leah, mate. It's, it's um, hello, uh, mate. you make hello, mate. It makes a, you make a good point, and I've done some research and some boring stats on this, but I don't think they're boring. I think they're brilliant, right? In no, thirty go on, go in on. thirty Premier League games, Tottenham yeah. Hotspur's defence has changed or had different personnel twenty eight times. Like, can you actually wow. even believe that? Wow. So you know when when That's you talk, terrible. When, I know. So when you talk about kind of a settled back four, you know people talk about settled back four, settled defence line or whatever. That we 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 played in one week at the beginning of the season. Uh, sorry, in, in in one run of three fixtures, we played mm. three goalkeepers. I don't think anyone's ever done that. Yeah. We, pl- we played nah. all three of our goalkeepers in in, nah. in ten day period, and them twenty eight differences. That's either a back four or a back five or three at the back or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, it's a different combination. Yeah, yeah. So it's either an all uh, different fullbacks or a Sanchez with a Toby or so a Toby what, with a Vatonga. What is, the, what is the boys? We're, we're all Spurs fans, right? What is what is the actual problem? What is going on? What is, I know. For me, Poch likes to keep everyone happy, and yeah, I'm you know I'm very happy for player, very happy for team, and all that. But <laughs> winning, games, 
got pots on the line, eh? I love pots, don't get me wrong, but sometimes you've got to question it. Sorry. Sometimes you've got to question it. Anthony, and it just quickly, in that be... voice, mate, can Go you on. say you know what you are? And can you say <laughs> you it really you aggressively? You know there we go. Just, you know just, what you are. Just once more. <laughs> I'm going into Scarface. Just, just, one, just once, <laughs> once more for me, Anthony. You know who you are. And now shout Mike Dean. <laughs> No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> Fair play. No, but no, no, jokes aside, it just seems like sometimes, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of Potts lovers and, and I'm one of them. And, I, and I, where he's taking us, he's been fantastic and, you know, buzzing. But sometimes you've got to question his tactics. I'm sorry. And it always seems to be when we've lost games, it always comes from our right backs. <laughs> and Anthony, It's just really, really strange. Anthony, Chris here. The I other day was Carl Walker-Peters. The other day, last the week before that was Aurier, and the week before that was Trippier. Obviously, yeah. the Chelsea game, which yeah. we don't want to talk about. I, I personally think that it is a, a sports science issue. I really do. And I think that Poch has so... In what, what sense? I, I, I think Pochettino is given so many stats every week about players' levels, um, their fitness levels, um, levels of all sorts. And I, and I think that Great so, 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 some of these decisions are actually taken out of his hands. And then uh, he, he rotates the squad. But... It was funny, actually, in Dortmund, I was with um, a couple of friends out there and, you know, while having a beer, I said to them, right, let's all guess Pochettino's 11 because I find it impossible now. When you go to a game, no, home, home or away, it's absolutely impossible because if you're in the top four or you're going for the title or you're going for the Champions League or whatever yeah. you're doing, you're going to go, mm-hmm. you, you want to win trophies. You do it absolutely. based on... Uh, the you know the the spine of the team, uh, the fullbacks being the same week in week out, and yeah. it does yeah. frustrate the hell out of me as well. So I'm with it's you. It's just like it, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know what's going on. It's just you know, two three weeks ago we were 13 points above Arsenal, and now they're one point behind us. And it's like we we are we are always a laughing stock. That's why I don't tweet about. Mind the gaps and all that. Because, <laughs> I, I've tweeted. I've tweeted about that. Or do a legacy song. Legacy songs are great, man. Because it bites us on. It bites no, us it on, does. on the old backside. The thing, it's, the just, f- it's just embarrassing. And I'm fed up with being laughed at. I'm fed up of it. I'm fed up of being a Spurs fan and coming to this side of the season, going. Even when we're three 0 up, I still, you know. Think, oh, that they're going to get one back. Yeah, that's being Spurs, like, That's Spurs, though. We're always going to be that's like that. Spurs, it just does my head in. We're at a great run, and you're resting players like Toby. And I just heard when I was before our phone, he, Toby's got a release clause of 26 million. So mm. he's going to be going for the same price we paid for Soldado. Are you having a laugh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're about? spot on, mate. You're spot on. Is that exactly right? <laughs> I, I, think, like, I, think, I think what's, in, I think what's got, interesting is that, you know, just to counter some of that, right, for me, is, yeah, we've had an absolute shocking run, but we're still in, in a very good position in the league. Like, we still are. I know that the points yeah. total has been eradicated yeah. uh, from 13 down to one, but we're still in a good position. And, and we yeah. also know, under Poch, as Spurs fans, that we can go on a run of four, five, six unbeaten games, like, wins, not even unbeaten, just we can go and win five or six on the trot. And we're going into that yeah. new stadium. We've got five home games in that new stadium in the Premier League, two home games in the Champions League when we get to the fight, obviously en route to get into the final, of course, and all that jazz. So the re- the reality of the situation is that we've got winnable games, like Chris said earlier, yeah. 15 points up for grabs here. I still think we've got to make, you know, what we've got to do is we've got to turn up 
in in game in big games in the Premier League, i.e., City away and Liverpool away, we've oh, got to turn yeah, up against them. Yeah, exactly. And and the, the the difficulty for for us at the moment is we're coming off the back of a two one defeat to Southampton, which no one saw coming after the first forty five minutes. No, we've got a three no. week gap before we can even play and put that right. And ironically, the team that we're playing is away, and it's Anfield and it's bloody Liverpool, and that's that's I putting know, us even, even more pressure, isn't it? For fun. Yeah, he's scoring for fun, but uh, you, you mentioned the, the new stadium. Now, you know whether it would be Palace or Brighton, for example. Right? Let's just mm. say it's Crystal Palace, right? You're telling me they're not going to be up for it. They are going to be well up for it, and it that will prove to me about Potch's man management in terms of just go out there and just give it all your best. Because in the past, we we've been so you no know, reared up for a game that we just go out and end up losing losing it stupidly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've it got, could be you... all, our, all our possession. If we want to talk about stats, you know, 80% possession, but at the end of the day, it's all about the end result, isn't it? If, mm. if we're 80% possession and lose 1-0, they're not going to really talk about that, are they? They're going to talk about the loss. So, for me, the bright, I'd rather, for personally, it's great that we're going to Sydney Stadium, but I'd rather have it been the start of next season because I just, I just, in my head, I'm thinking... You know these teams are going to be coming to our ground, thinking, right, we're going to we're going to embarrass you lot now. No, and do, yeah, do, do you know I, what I mean? I, 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 know, I, I, know, I know, I know, it's quite school playground stuff. I, but I completely, that's what it feels like. I completely agree. Uh, sorry, disagree because we've been at Wembley for so long. Everybody is absolutely right. sick of Wembley, and the fact that cool. we the fact that we can play our last five Premier League games in our new stadium and and give us that push when we really <clears> need it because. Um, ultimately, it is so That's important fine, that we have Champions League football in that new stadium next year. It is so important for you know the club, the, the, the fans, and and I think that's going to give us the, a real boost that we need. Yeah, I agree. I think I really, it will give us a boost. I, I do. I, I, I just, and I, I, I think we'll be I, amazing I, I, over there. I really do, lads. You know, nothing see me, nothing will make me more happy than us winning our next five games in our new stadium. Of course, man. I don't want us to ever lose. Of course not. But. Spurs in the past have always been this, you know, gearing up for a game and da-da-da, we're unbeaten in 15 games and we've scored 35 goals and da-da-da. And then it comes to the crunch and we end up losing, as you said, 2-1 to Southampton or 2-1 to Burnley. Anthony, do, do, do you know what I mean? It's I, just... I do know what you mean, but in more positive news for Spurs, you are, of well, course, in a Champions League draw. Uh, I've got the teams who are still in it in front of me. If I had to put you on the spot and say, who do you want go to then. get what we in have? the Champions League? Who are we having? Who do I want or who I think we're going to get? Yeah, both, who, who, both, both. All right, yeah, go, we'll go, start with who both. you want. Right, okay, so as I said, you wait for gods. <laughs> I'm thinking I'd love Porto. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. And who do you think you'll get? Right. Oh, we're going to get pff, Juve or Barca, 100%. And of course, to be fair, performed well against Juve last year, performed well against Barca in the group this year. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. We performed so well, but we ended up losing because of lack of concentration. Lack of, do you know what I mean? Anthony, I think Poch needs you in there giving the team talks. I think it'll no, be an all right. <laughs> I think it'll <laughs> be an all right end of the season. Gavin and Stacey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for your call. Good to you, just, 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 mate. just before you leave us, I've got a quick question Good. for you, which is there's a Good. mate of mine who's working on a single called Legacy, uh, and he was wondering if you'd feature on the track with him. He's called Lee McQueen. Do me a favour, Johnny. Uh, would, Leave me out. Uh, of this, mate. Uh, would, Leave uh, me uh, out. What do you make of it? A double act? No, well, mate. Yeah, Anthony could, it, mate. He could. Oh, I mean, he okay. said it. I mean, <laughs> don't forget your name. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first, Anthony Costa of Blue. Thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, Thanks, Cheers, Cheers, buddy. Cheers.
Bizarre. Lots more to talk about on the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio. This is Love Sport. Now, I know it's the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio, right? But I've got to do something sacrilegious, which is bring up Arsenal. Because comebacks in Europe are, of course, something we all love to see. And Arsenal currently are on for one. They are 2-0 up at home. Aubameyang scored just five minutes in. Ainsley Maitland-Niles featuring at right wing back after doing so well against United made it two. That makes it three all on aggregate against Wren and means as things stand, the Gunners will be going through on goal difference. Can I just ask, what's the day? What day of the week is it? It's a, uh, it's a Thursday, yeah? Thursday. Oh, right, that's what I thought. So when you talk about Europe, you're talking about kind of the tier two Europe. Well, I'm glad you brought that that's up, good, Lee, because good. we're actually moving on to bigger and oh, better t- things tier one. Oh, in the form good. of the Champions League, TG which, which Tottenham, that, Tottenham Hotspur <laughs> are, of course, very much in. It's the quarterfinal draw tomorrow. Uh, the team's still in it. Tottenham, Barcelona, Manchester City, Manchester United, Liverpool, Juventus, Porto, and Ajax. Now, the big question, gents, looking ahead to this, and bearing in mind we'll also know the potential semi-final opposition for Spurs, should they get there. Just starting with the quarter-final, let's go round the table. I want the club you would like to draw and why. Chris? Uh, I would love Barcelona again. And uh, I know that might come to a bit of a surprise to people, but um, Is that because Messi's got nothing on George Kevin? Well, and no, we, we, we didn't. We, we didn't beat them. We didn't beat them this season. And uh, I would like to see Tottenham beat Barcelona. And it was always been a, a childhood dream of mine to to see Tottenham play at the Camp Nou and uh, fulfilled that. And I would love to go back again. Okay, absolutely, Lee. Just on that as well, I mean, uh, he gave us a, a, a masterclass, didn't he, at Wembley, yeah. Messi, um, and I think we owe him one for that. For me, the first thing I want to say is I don't want another English team, okay? It's a European yeah. competition. Sorry, Rick. Line. Sorry, no, I agree, Sorry. I agree. I agree. But, but yeah. I, I mean, I will, put my, I will put my eggs in the basket of who I want, but I don't want another English team because it's a European competition, and although, to be fair, the four um, English clubs have done brilliantly to get to this point, I, I just think it takes it a little bit of the romance mm. away because it's Europe, so I don't want another English team. But by the way, I think we probably will end up with. But let's not. I'm going to go a bit sacrilegious, I suppose, and I'm going to go Juve. And the reason for me going Juve is because if you're going to win this competition, then you've got to play the best anyway. So it's exactly what Chris is saying. But we've got unfinished business with Juve because after coming back in um, uh, uh, 2-2 against them Mm. uh, last season and then letting that that slip, I was was there at Wembley that, 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 that night. And it was and it was heartbreaking. And I think the reason why we got through against Dortmund is because we learnt from them and I uh, from that mistake, the mistakes that we made. And I think against Juve this year, I think I think we could I think we can do it. We've already seen, although they made an amazing comeback, we've already seen that they can be defensively frail because of Atletico Madrid scored two against them in the first leg. So. I think we can. I, I'm, I'm, I think we can have them. So I'm going for Messi, and you're going for Ronaldo. No, no, that's brilliant. <laughs> Against Kane, come on, Kane. With, with that in mind, and I am very keen to get Ricky Sachs's option as well. But we need to address that, right? You're talking about arguably the two greatest footballers <laughs> to have ever played the game, and you're actively wanting them to face Tottenham Hotspur. Now I respect that. But with that in mind, if we're desiring a tie with Barcelona, we're desiring a tie with Real Madrid, we also need to engage with how to negate the threat that Messi and Ronaldo pose. So with that in mind, if you're a Spurs Spurs defender, how are you dealing with Messi? What's the plan? Yeah, but as as any player who plays the game, you, you want to play the best. You do, but once you're facing him, 
what do you do? Well, well, we 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 would have hopefully learnt from the mistakes, you know, the defeat at Wembley, you know, four um, two. Messi had a masterclass, as you said, Lee, and um, they were brilliant that night. And I just want to, I I would love to see Tottenham beat Barcelona. We played, really would. we played Real Madrid last season in the Champions League twice. Went away, drew one-one. Ronaldo's playing, um, and we beat them uh, and in our own backyard. Went three 0 up that night, and Ronaldo's playing. So we can beat a team with Ronaldo in it. We also showed that we went away to Juve and drew two-two yeah. after being two-nil down, and and then we they come back to, to to Wembley, and for a couple of mistakes and you know that that immaturity in that in that competition, we, we were very close. We went one 0 up that night. So you know, I, I think we, I, I think. Um, there's no one to be scared of and, and Spurs fans shouldn't be scared because this is the second time we've ever been in the Champions League quarterfinals only the second time in our entire history our great club 1882 we've only ever been in the Champions League I know it was a European Cup before but the Champions League only the second time in the quarterfinals we should celebrate that regardless of how much of a thing we think is an achievement or not as Spurs fans, we should yeah. be its achievement and we should go out there and say, right, let's play our football. And, and even though Pochettino hasn't won any FA Cups or League Cups that we all <laughs> criticise for, um, some of these Champions League games, particularly the the away games, have, have been magnificent the under way, him. The away game last year against Real Madrid was yeah. absolutely was... off the planet. It was outstanding. So I mean, it was amazing to be there. Absolutely amazing. Looking at that Ronaldo threat, though, without, without saying you should be scared, you do need to be prepared... The first goal that was conceded against Southampton was very bad defending from a ball in from wide. We've heard highlighted again and again, not least by a certain Mr. Ricky Sachs, that fullback is a problem position for Tottenham Hotspur. And we saw in Ronaldo's performance against Atletico this week that he is very, very dangerous still in the air. With that in mind, does the prospect of whip balls, floated balls into the Spurs area give you something to worry about? Terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> we should be scared, but any opposition, yeah, especially with Toby trying to head him away. Joe, I'm going to surprise the, the, the lads here. Oh, you're going for an English team, Mick. I'm not going for an English you team. Know. I agree with Lee, but I do think for, for me, I don't want any of the English sides. But I wouldn't mind to see Spurs up against a, a Porto or an Ajax. I know everyone's saying, well, the risk you got with that is that Spurs might underestimate the opponent. But I do think if you're looking at potential teams that we can come up against, that we can impose our game on them. I do think Ajax and Porto are those two clubs that would give us the the easier route to progress I think Barcelona and you know Juventus they're two teams there that have got so much game management they know how to waste time they know how to run the clock down they they know how to manage these games where mm. I'm not saying Porto and Ajax don't I just feel Spurs if it's going to be another season where we're looking for progression and what we've done better this season than last season I think a Porto and Ajax is an easier route to get to a semi-final. But then you're going to, I reckon, whatever happens in a semi-final, you're going to meet a big team anyway. So, listen, right. it's great to be here. You, you, it, being in the last eight of the Champions League, though, there's, there's no easy no, team. That's the thing. There's no easy team. No, and that's the thing. And to be fair, this is now another test of the players to see where they're at, where Pochettino's at as a coach. You know, we talk about Pochettino's in-game management tactics. You know, we say that. Let's see where he's at being able to manage a team in terms it's of a two-legged tie. It's where you want to be. Where we want to be, isn't it? Where you want to be. Because this is where we want to be. Yeah. As a club, as fans, playing the massive games. Yeah. We're not scared about losing. We're not petrified. Uh, some of the people in the media are saying that we're going to be petrified. Why are we petrified? Mm. We've got absolutely nothing to lose. Everybody thinks we're going to get knocked out. No matter who we get, we're going to get. We're going to lose. We should go out there and embrace the fact that we're a Tottenham Hotspur football club. We're playing in our new stadium. Then, then any team coming to that new stadium 
stadium on a Champions League night is going to be absolutely... They're the ones petrified. I'm telling be you. Intimidated. We're going to rip them. Do you know what I'll be interested to know in terms of what the first leg and second leg is? I think that will be interesting to see. Oh, well, I, want, that... I want the home leg to be the, the second. The second, of course. I'm, I'm, in, think that's... I'm in Jamaica, well, so inter- I miss it. <laughs> however, however, the, the first leg against Dortmund, being at Wembley and going with that 3-0 lead, if we could get something like that going again, it would be, incredible. would be incredible, yeah. On the not being scared of people front, I've actually heard rumours that the Juventus fan show is currently going on in Turin and they're talking exactly the same way about <laughs> Harry Kane. So, you know, all teams in this league I've also threats. heard, Johnny, that they're scared of, of our fan show. That's what <laughs> I've heard. As well yeah, they exactly. should be. The dancing that's been on show, the callers we get in in the form of Anthony Costa from Blue, I'd be petrified as well. More Champions League coming right up. This is Love Sport. It's 8.38 on a Thursday night, which means, of course, you're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Johnny Burrow, and Ricky Sachs, Lee McQueen, and Chris Cowlin from Last Word on Spurs. We've heard who the lads would like to face in the Champions League quarterfinals. Chris, you were going with Barca. Lee went with Juventus, and Ricky was sitting on the fence. I, think. I was open. Porto, Ajax. I mean, if you said put guns in my head, I'd probably say Porto. Anyone rubbish is the line from Ricky Sachs. If well, they won't be rubbish at this stage, Johnny. We're last eight. Got to play if, ourselves. If you've got your prediction, you want to let the lads know, argue why you want to face Barcelona, Juventus, whoever it may be, get in touch. 0208 70 20 558. But, gents, we've handled who you want to get in the Champions League. But, as we know, draws don't always go the way we'd like. Who do you think you're going to get, Chris? I... I've got this awful feeling that we're going to get an English team. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we're, gonna, we're definitely going to get an English team. I think yeah. it's going to be Man United. Well, I, I think we're definitely getting an English team. I think we're going to get Liverpool. I do have a feeling, I honestly, same as boys, I do think we're going to end up with an English team. And that's something you just don't want. No. You just don't want an English team. I'll be honest with you, because. Why don't we want an English team? It ta- it ta- it's, it's, it's your own point. It's, it's is the reason why. It's because it's, it's, yeah, it's the romantic of you being a European. You want to be, yeah, that's it. You want the Premier League to be well represented. That's you right. do, even as uh, I'm not one of these people that cheers for the fact that they've gone through in Champions League. I wanted them all to go out, mm. but I wanted them to stay in in a perverse kind of way, so that we had an op- a better opportunity in the league as well. Because they're, the deeper you go into a competition, the more you got to juggle, right? Do you see what I mean? So, but but I do think we get an English team. I think that if if we can, if we end up avoiding an English team and then and then getting through to the next stage and avoiding another English team, I mean, it's just you don't want City. You know, we're going to be playing. I'll be honest, I, I don't mean, think City, yeah, City look no, I on do, a I different I, yeah. planet, don't they? Like, didn't they? I'd hate to see City win a Champions League. I would, I would really despise City winning a Champions League, personally. The romance point is the main one, though. If we look at all of the great Champions League nights for all English clubs, if you think Gareth Bale announcing himself on the world stage by making an absolute mug out of Mykon, if he was doing that against Chelsea, Chelsea it would be less impressive. Yeah, Liverpool, Istanbul, if they'd done that against United, even though that's their big rival, it's less impressive than that's it right. being Milan, yeah. than Shevchenko missing the penalty. It's about being out of the ordinary and out of the ordinary in terms of quality as well as you were pointing out telling me off for saying Porto are rubbish you're very very right whoever Spurs get it's going to be a tough game the last leg in the Champions League the last round went so well for Spurs because they came out in the first leg they dictated things on their own terms and came into the second leg with a 3-0 win the quarterfinal could be a different kind of test. But as far as you're concerned, would you like to see Spurs come out firing or is a little more reserve necessary? 
No, I think we've we've got to take the the first game very very seriously. It, it really helped us in that first leg against Dortmund to to actually beat the the leaders of the Bundesliga three nil at home uh, was absolutely huge. Knowing that if we just scored one goal away from home, they would need five. Um, hugely, that, was, that was a killer for them. Yeah, wasn't it? it really was, and it was hugely impressive. And I think that we've got to start that um, in in this round as well. I, I agree, and I think that I think Spurs play their best football when they're on the front foot, when they when they are dictating play, not this backward, sideways, slow, what I call AVB style football, which we all know that what that was like. That 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 free flowing, going after teams, and if you look at the if you look at the Dortmund in in quarters, I know we're not in NFL, but if you're looking at it in quarters because it was a two legged affair, the first quarter, i.e., the first half of the first game, we weren't that good. You know, people were saying Sancho Sancho's going to roast us and this that and other. We weren't brilliant. The second half, we came out and we went after them and we were sensational, absolutely sensational. And if we'd have started that, if we'd have played ninety minutes, like it could have been six nil. But we talk about fullbacks. Jan Vertonghen, of course, played uh, left back that night. Yeah, got a goal, one assist. Brilliant. Uh, we were sensational. Oh, Serge Aurier, to be fair, the the cross in uh, for Serge Aurier when Jan scored was was sensational as well. Then you look at the second half or the the, the other two quarters in the, in the away leg. Defending wise, we were sensational. I yeah. thought we were fantastic, magnificent. I use the words a couple of we- uh, last week on the show or a couple of weeks ago on the show because ultimately, I, I want to see my team be able to do that. But, but and, the, and, and they did, and then and then we got the goal on the counter, and it was game over. That the whole spine of the team in that away leg, Hugo made some oh, exceptional saves. Yeah. Jan Vertonghen at the back, Suzuko in the middle, of course, lovely assist for Harry Kane. Um, the whole the whole spine of the team is brilliant. Yeah, I agree, and that's that's what we want to see. So we don't want to see caginess back and forth, ones and twos. You know, you know, nervousness playing out from the back. We want to see. It's not me being gung ho like Harry Redknapp scenarios. You know, like we're just going to have a goal. Though I love that, by the way, Harry, if you're listening. Um, but I, it, it is about us playing to our strengths and going out and saying to these teams, we're going to have some of that. Can I just say as well that um, obviously whoever we do um, draw tomorrow is going to be the first ever European game. In our new stadium, incredible. And that, imagine that, that, if that, it was incredible. Barcelona. Imagine that's if that's why yeah. I want Barcelona. Yeah, that's, no, what, that's what Chris, Juve. Chris, you've won me over. As far as I'm concerned, the performance and result against Dortmund were fantastic, both in terms of on the pitch and how the players handled the challenge of that, handled the big occasion in terms of their mentality. Well, on the line we have Raven calling from Croydon, and he thinks that Tottenham have a mentality problem. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's Ravin. Hi, Johnny. Right, well, Ravin, well firstly, for, for, hey, 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 how you doing, guys? Um, firstly, welcome to the last word on Spurs. Official welcome <laughs> from me to the last word on Spurs family. Thank you very much. And, very kind. Um, yeah, and obviously I still wanted to give a shout out to Aaron and DJ Paddy as well, wherever they, they are. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but yeah, go, go, going back to, um, it's a mentality thing. It really, really is. Look at Dortmund. When, the, when I, I think they need that fear in them, like, you know, that fear in them and that that you know especially in the second leg the way the defense was absolutely excellent it's because they they knew they were up against it when you look at the, the losses against Southampton when you look at the losses the, the loss against Wolves and the loss against Watford yeah they um and 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 Burnley as well they were because they took things for granted but with that and in mind Robin, with that in mind sorry who, well yeah. ta- taking your point there 
whoever Spurs get in the Champions League, by that logic, they're going to be thinking, mm-hmm. well, hang on, this is a big game. We're up against it. Absolutely. So do you think you're going to see a superior level of performance in the Champions League quarterfinal? I, 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 I would expect so. And, and, and reiterating the point to the guys there, they need to come out all guns blazing. They need to come out hard. I always remember that match against Manchester City a couple of seasons ago in Pep's first season when they when Manchester City were ten games unbeaten and they yeah. and they came to White Hart Lane and we literally were all over them beat and beat them handsomely two 0 Yeah, Son Heung Ming was you know was up up there you know and we were literally attacking from the front. Yeah, we were attacking from the front and that's what we need to do. Poch talks about aggressivity. That's his favourite word aggressivity mentality I remember he said after the um, I think it might have been after the Man, Man United he goes, Man United game when we won 3-0 he says it doesn't matter what the name that's on the pitch it's the, it's the mentality and the aggressivity that they need to have and I, I don't think there's an issue with rotating players he's been doing that for the whole tenure of his management rotating the fullbacks even when when, um, when Walker and uh, Rose were you know, uh, um, pulling up trees, he still would swap them with uh, with, with Davis and Trippier. And these players have been together for five years now, so it should not be that if a different defensive partnership is there that they don't know what they're what they're doing. The one thing I would question is: Is Poch getting his message across to these guys effectively? Because why are they switching off? Why are they taking things for granted? They shouldn't be. And I'm hoping they. Uh, you know what? This last two weeks could be a blessing in disguise because hopefully this is hurting them so bad. Yeah, I'm expecting a fantastic uh, uh, reaction against Liverpool. Yeah, I will be gut- I'll be absolutely gutted if I uh, you know I'm wrong, but I'm expecting them to come out and uh, it will be really tough against Liverpool. And it might be like the Dortmund game, but the second leg at the Dortmund game. But I'm expecting a reaction because they now know that they are in a fight. Yeah, and then and. The problem about Tottenham is that when they get complacent, and unfortunately maybe it's a DNA thing, they start switching off. Yeah, maybe they need to have that bit of fire on their backside just to keep them keep them on the straight and narrow. Raven, I, I completely agree with you. I think that we need to go into the game um, with the mentality that we're we're actually going to win uh, win the game and get the three points. I think it's the yeah. only, it's the only uh, it's the only ground that Pochettino hasn't won as uh, as Spurs boss. And right. uh, we, we need to treat this as a, a huge game like, like Dortmund away and go all out to win it. Now, of course, they, yes. are, they are in Barcelona at the moment training, um, having a good training session out there. And hopefully this time off will we'll, we'll give them the time that they need and, and, you know, to go in there and get the three points at Anfield. Absolutely. Raven, your message is Thanks. clear. Spurs need this kind of strong mentality. They need to go out go for it and really perform in the Champions League it, it, it needs me and Lee to do the team talk that's what needs to happen that, that's that what I'm saying I'm in for it mate Don't a, li- you a little that. dance from Lee as well would probably go quite yeah, a long yeah, way yeah 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 so yes. I, can, I can get Levy out of support with supporting Levy Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Raven who you'll be performing that team talk to is confirmed the Spurs players who they'll be going out to play of course is being decided tomorrow and with that in mind I'm going to put you on the spot Raven who would you like to face in the next round of the Champions League? I literally don't care because I tell you why. Whoever we're going to be facing in the in, in the quarterfinals is going to be a top team. Obviously, the one that's... Okay, if you have to push, push comes to stuff, you're going to say Porto. But Porto are no mugs. 
yeah Porto are no mugs you don't go to you don't you don't beat you know they, they beat Roma quite you know they beat Roma after extra time they're no mugs they yeah. know what they, they know what they're doing they've got a European pedigree Raven ev- well. you're bang on everyone left in this competition is a threat is a top side but what we're hoping for as you say is a fantastic Tottenham performance either way Raven thanks ever so much for your Cheers, call Raven. coming up even more on the Champions League it's going to be a night to remember We're being inundated with your calls this evening into the Love Sport fa- Love Sport Fan Show, the Spurs Fan Show here on Love Sport Radio. We do, of course, love sport. You love us. Everybody's happy. If you want to add to those calls, the number is oh two oh eight seventy twenty five five eight. And we've got Josh calling from Hertfordshire on the line. Josh, you're saying that this could be a turning point in Spurs' season. I hope so. <laughs> I really hope so. <laughs> um, look, they're in Barcelona at the moment. We've got an international break coming up. I think we've just got to hope. I think the next sort of two or three fixtures will define our season. I think, you know, coming into a new stadium, you know, next season, at the start of a brand new season, we need top four. It's as simple as that. I can't put it any other way. We need Champions League. You know, I've said at the start of the season, and even when we were 10 points, you know, clear, I said, you know, you know we're not done. Liverpool and City will define us. If we can get a couple of points, I'm confident. If we can't, we're right in the mix. You know, not to say that our other competitors have easy fixtures, because I don't think they do. But if we were to lose those games, do you know what? I think it really, really, really puts us in the mix. You know, not at the moment, but, you know, can you imagine if we go to this new stadium and we've got Europa League football and we've got all these massive names, you know, Kane, Ali, Ericsson. You know, why, why stay at Spurs? This is my worry. This is probably the most important season for Poch with the new stadium on the line you know he's coming into this thing and Spurs fans are expecting big things we've not won a trophy in you know over 10 years people are expecting Poch to answer his questions actually Josh they'll stay you've got to have that belief that they'll stay I quickly need to press you for a desired result not a prediction but who are you hoping you get in the next round of the Champions League do you know what I've I'm tight because I'd love a Porto, I'd love an Ajax to get in the semi-final. But also, I think the players are playing in a new camp in you know the Juventus Stadium. I think it would give us a boost. I really do. But we've just got to hope. We've got hope and pray that we get result in that and result in Liverpool and City and hope that we can get top four. Josh, do us a favour. Call in next week on the Love Sports Show a bit earlier so we can have a, a good old chat with you because we love having you on. So be honest, after we get that reaction to the Champions League draw, give us a call next week on the Love Sports Show. We'd love to be able to chat with you in a bit I more detail. Do. Yeah, love it. Stuff, Josh. Do. Top man, Josh, thanks for your call. Josh in Hertfordshire there. It could be a turning point. I think it will be a a turning point. I think that's an absolute certainty. The question, gents, is in which Which direction that turn's going to go. What are we thinking? We've we've got eight games left in the Premier League, five um, at home, as as we've discussed, and then we've got the away games, which to me are the key games, Liverpool away, Manchester City away, and Bournemouth away. If we can get results... Uh, by I say results even even draws at Manchester yeah, City and I th- Liverpool I do think we're going to need to pick up something at one of those yeah. grounds I think the way the fixtures lay themselves out even if we go and do win the five home games Chris, which I've got no doubt we've got the capability to do mm. in front of all those supporters I still think Spurs are going to need a couple of points the last the last five seasons to get into the top four on average you needed 74 points right to get into the top four if we go there get a nick a draw at Anfield lose to uh, lose to City and win our remaining games we'll finish on 80 points so and that's still that'll finish us third 
No, the reality of the situation is sometimes you just, you know, Jason will be like rolling his eyes at us talking about this future stuff one game at a time. And I think what's really interesting about that is the mentality of Man City is that they only are actually only looking at one game at a time and they are ruthless every time. Right. Our next game is Liverpool. It is absolutely massive to go there and get something. And if we do, it's a massive if, by the way, if we do, that could be the catalyst for, for, for the rest of it. But I'm confident that we will finish top three still. I'm still confident that we will finish third. We were saying earlier in the show that you wouldn't and shouldn't be scared of any opposition in the Champions League. In terms of that game at Liverpool, that is huge in terms of your Premier League hopes. Do Liverpool scare you? The pace of but, Sadio but Mane? It's not only huge for us, it's huge for them. They've, they've spent an awful lot of money. It's a very got, good point. And they, of course, are looking for a Premier League title, exactly. a first Premier League exactly. title. Exactly. And, and most of their fans at the start of the season thought they'd won it. Um, <laughs> you know, they 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 were a lot of points clear from Manchester City. They're now sitting in second place, one point behind, and obviously they're going to want the win. We need the win to finish top four, so it would be a fantastic game. For you lads, who would you rather win the Premier League out of Liverpool and City? It's looking like a two-horse race, but would you love the opportunity to ruin Liverpool's chance? I would. If I had to choose, I'd choose Man City. Yeah. yeah. Why? Because it's not Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Everyone says this. I can't get my head around it. Can I just uh, just interact with you there, just quickly, Johnny? Sorry. Uh, th- th- what really riles me the most, right, about everything to do with football nowadays is the fact that when a club like Leicester won the Premier League, they didn't have the biggest squad, they didn't spend loads of money, they found like cheap bargains everywhere, and it was such a romance story. It was such a, oh my God, Leicester. And it was incredible, mm. which probably will never happen again. When when we talk about the romance in football and we talk about, you know, what football should be like and old school, whatever it is, how can bringing your own players through from an academy not, not be a good thing? How can, you know, keeping faith in the players that you've got not be a good thing? And then how can it be lauded when you spend 800 million or a billion pounds do you know what I mean on players? Like, why? Why is it nowadays? It is you have to spend the money and get lauded to, for the plaudits. I'm absolutely with you. I'd rather see Liverpool win, but overall, what we're interested in is a Tottenham win and a Tottenham good result in the Champions League draw. Will it be Barca? Will it be Juve? Will it be Ajax? Join us next week to find out. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. This is Love Sport. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.